Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here, and this week in data breaches has been absolutely off the rails. But before we begin, as always, I'd like to basically thank the people that sent me a lot of these tips. That would be Chris Fellon, Darren Young, Barrett Peterson, and David Little. Guys, thank you very much. And if you have a tip for me, please send it my way, and I will give you a shout out here on my National Security Radio Show, as well as on the video and podcast as well. And with that, let's dive right in. We got no time to lose this week because, wow, breaches everywhere. First one we're talking about is Zimbra Collaboration Suite. Heads up, you users, because last week researchers from Rapid7 warned of an exploitation, basically, of an unpatched zero-day RCE or remote execution code vulnerability in the Zimbra Collaboration Suite. Hundreds of servers around the world have already been compromised. Now, the bad news is that this vulnerability has yet to be patched by the company. The issue is rated as a 9.8 out of 10 on the CVSS scale, but that is crazy. But here's the thing. At the end of the article, it also stated, and I quote, Zimbra has released version 9.00 P27 to address this issue. So... I don't know. Maybe they've done it as well. Now, according to Zimbra users, a vulnerability has been actively exploited since early September of 2020, meaning it has gone essentially under the radar uh, from Zimbra, or Zimbra has not done anything until two years later. So go update your Zimbra ASAP, assuming they actually patched it. You tell me. Moving on. Let's talk about uh, Indian power generation uh, giant Tata Power. Tata, part of the Tata Group, one of the largest corporations or conglomerates in the world. Now, Tata Power this past Friday announced that it was hit by a cyber attack. Threat actors hit the IT infrastructure of the company. Now, the company confirmed that the security breach did impact some of its IT systems. Quote, all critical operational systems are functioning. However, as a measure of abundance precaution, restricted access and preventive checks have been put in place for employee and customer facing ports portals and touch points, meaning the power didn't go out. But heads up, if Tata Power is how you get your power in India, you might want to be waiting on bated breath until they confirm all of that. Moving on. We need to talk about a new Chinese APT or advanced persistent threat known as WIP-19 or WIP-19. Now, researchers at Sentinel-1 uncovered a new threat cluster tracked as WIP-19, which has been targeting telecommunication and IT service providers across the Middle East and Asia. Experts believe uh, basically this group operated uh, for cyber espionage purposes and is a Chinese-speaking threat group. Researchers pointed out that the cluster has some overlap with Operation Shadow force, but uses new malware and different techniques. Now, the activity of this group is characterized by the usage of a legitimate stolen digital certificate issued by a company called DeepSoft that was then used to sign malicious code and attempt to avoid detection. We saw something very similar on the SolarWinds side. So there you go. If you are basically an IT or telecom provider in the Middle East or Asia, be on alert. There's an active Chinese cyber espionage group coming your way. Moving on. Let's talk about the fast fashion site Shine because login details for 39 million Shine accounts were stolen in 2018 after its parent company, Zotop, was targeted by hackers. Now, New York Attorney General uh, Letitia James said that Zotop had lied about the extent of the breach and had notified only a fraction of the affected customers. Shine said that it has taken significant steps to improve its cybersecurity. Now, what we are talking about here in terms of breach are names, email addresses, passwords, credit cards information belonging to tens of thousands of Shine account holders. Uh, All of that was stolen and sold online. Now, on top of that, another 7 million account holders of ROMWE, that's R-O-M-W-E, which is another 
fast fashion site that is owned by Zotop were caught basically in a, the 2018 breach as well. Letitia James, Attorney General of New York, has leveled a fine of $1.9 million on Zotop. So if you are a Shine or Rom Wee customer, heads up to you. Your information's been out there since at least 2018. Moving on, let's talk about Woolworths, which I quite frankly didn't know still existed, but apparently... Australia's Woolworths Group Limited said this past Friday that the majority owned it's a majority owned online retailer known as My Deal identified that a quote compromised user credential end quote was used to access its systems that exposed the data of nearly 2.2 million of their users. Now, what we are talking about here are names, email addresses, phone numbers, delivery addresses, and in some instances, dates of birth of customers. I'm assuming if you're like, yes, this is for a birthday, ta-da, here we are. So heads up, uh, Woolworths and My Deal customers. Customers. Moving on, <clears throat> let's talk about the New Mexico Licensing Department, because basically the agency that oversees professional licenses for thousands of businesses across that state has been at the target of a cyber attack. Now, officials said this past Thursday there's evidence of unauthorized access of the Regulation and Licensing Department and that some of their organizations and individuals had their records compromised. That is all we know at this moment. So heads up to you, if you have a business in New Mexico, your information might have gotten out because your licensing department was hit. Moving on. Let's talk about the Office of Personnel Management for the federal government of the United States. Now, this is actually an update because a federal judge this past Friday finalized the Office of Personnel Management settlement agreement with its current and former federal employees as well as federal job applicants due to the major data breach that they had back in 2015. The wheels of justice here turned slowly. Now, just District Judge Amy Berman Jackson, in a fairness hearing, at the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia said that the $63 million settlement for the breach victim was, quote, fair, responsible, and adequate. So if you are a past past or current employee employee of the Office of Personnel Management or were a job, a job applicant back in the day, you may be entitled to compensation. Moving on. We have to talk about genealogy site Family Search. Now, they were basically, they are, I should say, operated by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as the Church of Mormon. Now, they revealed that they detected an unauthorized network intrusion that might have affected the personal data of users provided in an email to an email statement to users. Family Search explains that the data breach happened in March of this year, but had to keep it under wraps pending an investigation. The instruction from law enforcement to keep the breach confidential was lifted this week, prompting them to reveal this. Now, thousands of users' data, family tree information hanging in the balance here, family search is claiming that law enforcement believes the risk is minimal, which I think is kind of nuts because the potentially impacted details, which you could run an identity theft scam on, are username, full name, gender, email address, birth date, mailing address, phone number, and preferred language. Now, the family search email claims that a state-sponsored hacker was possibly uh, basically responsible for this breach. Now, here's where this gets interesting because on top of family search, there were other reports of data breaches of the Mormon church uh, itself that do not uh, basically mention family search at all. So it's possible the church itself was hit, meaning the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a.k.a. the Mormon Church, was compromised very deeply, which also then got into family search as well as other aspects of that church. Now... 
a suspected state sponsor. Again, this is coming from another article that didn't mention FamilySearch, a suspected state uh, sponsor, and that's what it was on the other one, of the Mormon church basically back in March successfully obtained personal data on some church members, employees, and contractors. But again, in this article, again, separate from the FamilySearch one, says that the authorities believe the risk to individuals is low. The breach did not include banking information or donation history, according to the Church of Mormon. So there you go. It looks like the Church of Mormon or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has some kind of deep, persistent breach. I think we'll get more information, providing they give it to us. Moving on, I'm going to give you an update on OmniCell. Now, in April of 2022, if you recall, they reported a data breach affecting nearly 62,000 patients. I went back in my notes, and sure enough, they did. Now, the company has now revealed that the incident has impacted an additional 64,000 individuals, which brings the total of patients up to 126,000. OmniCell, if you don't know, is a leading provider of medication management solution for hospitals, long-term care facilities, and retail pharmacies. So obviously... This is a huge problem. Moving on, let's talk about United Health Centers of the San Joaquin Valley. This is an update because they have reached a proposed class action settlement agreement to resolve allegations uh, basically surrounding their 2021, August of 2021, data breach. Now, <clears throat> impacted individuals may be eligible to receive up to 2500 for economic losses related to the incident. <clears throat> Additionally, class members may submit a claim for up to $500 for non-economic losses traceable to the data security incident. Now, all class members will also be eligible to sign up for three years of credit monitoring and identity restoration services <clears throat> through the settlement agreement. So, if you are a patient or employee that was affected by the United Health Centers of San Joaquin Valley's August of 2021 data breach, you are entitled to some form of compensation. Moving on. We have to talk about document analysis firm Elevate, and this is actually an update from their March of 2022 breach, March of this year. Obviously, companies are now coming out and saying, hey, we got hit, not us, it's Elevate. The last one this past week was messaging giant Snap of Snapchat fame. We are talking about their employee data, names, addresses, employment history, and compensation information may have been among the affected files that were compromised in the Elevate third-party supply chain breach. And here we are. Moving on. We need to talk about the government of Colombia in South America because they just had a massive leak of data. Now, this leak, this basically, this leak comes from a hacktivist group called Guacamaya and includes more than five terabytes of classified data. And this is interesting, including emails, documents, and methods that the Australian police force, excuse me, Australian Federal Police or AFP agents were using to try and stop drug cartels from running their businesses in Australia, obviously in the coordination with Colombian law enforcement. Now, details exposed this way are from 35 separate AFP operations, some of which are still active and also include surveillance reports from agents, phone tap recordings, payroll data for Colombian officers, and on and on and on. So obviously, this is a huge blow to Australian law enforcement agencies as it is Colombian law enforcement agencies as they attempt to battle and curtail the drug cartels that are obviously huge down there. So we're going to see where that goes. Best of luck to the Colombian government and, of course, the Australians. Moving on. Let's talk about the Mars Area School District in Pennsylvania because they said they recently learned as a result of a security breach that their data was leaked online. Now, they're conducting a thorough investigation. The incident also involves law enforcement, and that's pretty much all they're saying right now. So heads up if you have anything to do with the Mars Area School District in Pennsylvania. Moving on. 
Let's talk about New York Ambulance Service Empress EMS. We're going to be talking about their May 2022 breach, and this is an update. I went back, I looked, I covered this one as well. Now, they've been hit with a proposed class action claiming that basically their failure to properly secure approximately 318,558 customers' private information resulted in that data breach between May and July of this year. So if you've ever ridden an Empress EMS ambulance in New York. One, I hope you're okay. Two, you may be entitled to compensation. Moving on, let's talk about the Aesthetic Dermatology Associates out of Pennsylvania. They suffered an unauthorized access on their network and basically the healthcare information for 33,793 individuals has been compromised. We are talking patient names, dates of birth, address, diagnosis codes, and health insurance information. So heads up to you, Aesthetic Dermatology Associates patients. <laughs> Moving on, let's talk about the family medicine of Shady Grove out of Maryland. They fell victim to a ransomware attack in August, and they basically um, are saying that 6,482 individuals uh, were part of this and impacted, but it did not impact your medical records. That's all I know, so hopefully your medical records are safe. I don't know what else was hit, but heads up, family medicine, Shady Grove patients. There you go. Moving on. Let's talk about the Cardiac Imaging Associates out of Los Angeles. They recently disclosed a healthcare data breach that occurred in April. Now, at the time of the publication, it is unclear how many names or uh, records were impacted, but we are talking about names, social security numbers, dates of birth, financial account information, driver's license numbers, medical diagnosis, payment card information, medical lab results, medication and prescription information, treatment information, and on and on and on. Pretty much, if you've even glanced at Cardiac Image Associates in Los Angeles, you have been part of the data breach. So heads up to you if you're one of their patients. Moving on, we had to talk about a massive credit card leak because researchers at the Singaporean threat intelligence firm Cloud SEK discovered a database containing over 1 million credit cards and debit cards published for free on a Russian-speaking dark web cybercrime forum dubbed Biden Cash. Now, this follows a recent dump of 7.9 million cards on that site. But unlike this first leak, this one actually includes personally identifiable information like email addresses, social security numbers, in addition to card details, uh, you know, as well. So that obviously is a huge thing. On top of this, uh, what they are seeing is from different sources. So State Bank of India, Fiserv Solutions, American Express were some of the top banking institutions that were affected. There were approximately 508,000 debit cards breached with 414 records of Visa payment network followed by MasterCard, <coughs> excuse me, according to the security researchers. <coughs> obviously, this is a huge thing. We have no idea if you're caught up in this, if I'm caught up in this, so make sure you're checking your credit card statements for somebody either bleeding you dry or wiping you out. Moving on, let's talk about the state bar in the state of Georgia. Now, the state bar of Georgia was hit by a ransomware attack earlier this year, and the organization has now confirmed that member and employee information was indeed compromised. Now, this uh, basically uh, occurred in April of this year and was disclosed in early May when few details were shared uh, with the organization. Roughly one month later, the bar revealed that the attack involved BitLocker ransomware, which encrypted tens of servers and workstations apparently in their office. Now, exposed personal information includes names, addresses, dates of birth, social security, numbers, driver's license numbers, direct deposit information, or name change information as well. So if you're a lawyer and you're part of the bar in Georgia, heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about the Scolular company because they are notifying individuals that their personal information, including names, 
dates of birth, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, and financial information, including bank account numbers and or credit debit card numbers and medical health insurance information may have been stolen as part of a recent hack. Now, if you've received a notice of this, it is possible that you are entitled to compensation as I got this off of basically an attorney's website saying, hey, let us know we're building a class action. So heads up, Scolular company looks like you may be paying out pretty soon. Moving on. I want to give you an update on General Electric, or GE. Yes, the massive GE. They agreed to a class action settlement to resolve claims that they failed to prevent a 2020 data breach. Now, this is great. Heads up, you're going to make a lot of money here because class members may claim up to four hours of lost time at a rate of $18 per hour for a maximum lost payment of $72. Now, out-of-pocket expenses covered by the settlement include reimbursed uh, unreimbursed fraudulent charges, professional fees, credit repair services, credit freeze costs, and other miscellaneous expenses. Combined compensation for loss of time and out-of-pocket expenses is capped at $3,500 per class member. All class members are eligible for 18 months of free credit monitoring through Financial Shield services and on and on. So if you were affected by the GE data breach in 2020, you may be entitled to Put cheese on that hamburger next time you go out. Moving on, let's talk about the Anesthesia Associates of El Paso. According to their media breach notice from one of their affected providers, Anesthesia Associates of El Paso basically had an unnamed management company get breached, and here we are, and that happened on July 15th of this year. Now, unauthorized individuals gain access to those systems by the management company. And so we are talking about patient information, such as names, address, health insurance policies, payment information, social security numbers, diagnosis, and treatment information. Probably a medical biller. Have no idea. But heads up if you're a patient of the Anesthesia, Anesthesia Associates of El Paso. Moving on. Love that city, by the way. Resource Anesthesia of California is the next one we have to talk about because the company has not publicly released any additional information about the breach. However, based on the uh, applicable data breach reporting requirements, it seems likely that patients' protected health information was compromised. After confirming that consumer data was leaked, Resource Anesthesia began sending out breach notices to 16,001 individuals, and here we are. So Resource Anesthesia of California patients, heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about Advanced, the managed service provider provider or MSP out of the United Kingdom. Attackers logged into them using third-party credentials. The report does not say how these were uh, obtained for the record, and they established a remote desktop connection to a Citrix server of StaffPlan. That is one of the apps that they provide to third parties. Now, Advanced has about 25,000 customers, including major government clients and revenues of around 330 million pounds every year. Now, the data of 16 staff plan and CareSys application customers was stolen in the attack. They're also saying it's a ransomware hit. So heads up to you, I'm guessing National Health Service in the UK or private providers. If you if you use advanced for staff plan and CareSys, you may be affected. Moving on. Let's talk about Aventus Whole Health. On October 6th of this year, Aventus filed a no official notice of data breach in Montana after basically somebody gained access to an employee's email account. Now, according to Aventus, the breach resulted in sensitive customer information being compromised. They have not yet released the specifics of this. They're basically saying that it's going to be one of the following based on the requirements of Montana, social security, financial account information, or protected health information. And so basically Aventus sent out breach letters. So heads up to you if you use Aventus Whole Health, wherever they be, Montana or otherwise. Moving on, let's talk about Buffalo MRI by the company called Winsong Radiology, because on September 2nd of this year, they filed an official report also in Montana, uh, basically 
they recently experienced a data breach after an unauthorized party gained access to sensitive customer information on their network. Now, this what we're talking about here are names, addresses, dates of birth, social security numbers, and protected health information. They've also sent letters to the affected. So heads up, Buffalo MRI by Winsong Radiology um, patients. Moving on. Northern Data Systems, who filed a notice of breach with Massachusetts Attorney General after they got hit. Uh, basically, their computer system was accessible by an unauthorized third party. And we are talking about names, social security numbers, phone numbers, address, driver's license number, medical information, and financial information belonging to certain individuals being hit. Don't know how many. And there you go. They're also sending out breach letters as well. Also, quick update on Marriott. In their latest incident, a threat actor, quote, used social engineering to trick one associate associate and a single Marriott hotel into providing access to the associate's computer. That is now the official report coming from the Marriott spokesperson. Quote, the threat actor did not gain access to Marriott's core network. So human error and Marriott have the pattern together, which is not good. Train your people better, Marriott. And quite frankly, all of us need to train better. Here we are. Moving on. We need to talk about massive infrastructure provider Cloudflare. This is not a data breach, though, but Cloudflare mitigated a distributed denial of service attack against Wincraft, which is one of the largest Minecraft servers, Minecraft being one of the largest, most popular games in the world. That is a record level for the record of denial of service. Now... Cloudflare's um, DDoS threat report stated that a multi-terabit massive distributed denial of service uh, um, attack had become increasingly frequent. In the third quarter, they mitigated multiple attacks that exceeded one terabit. The largest attack was 2.5 DDoS attack against that Minecraft server launched by the Mirai or one of the Mirai botnets. Mirai being that infection that infects the the cheap IoT devices then weaponizes them. We've seen that since about, I want to say it was 2016 or so. We also know it has ties to Russian intelligence. And so they might be spinning these things up and, and checking these things. Although hitting Minecraft, I think Russian intelligence has better things to do at the moment, if you know what I mean. Moving on, let's talk about DJI, the massive drone maker. Um, and this is actually one of two stories we'll be talking about for DJI. Because over 80,000 drone IDs were exposed in a data leak after a database containing information from dozens of air airspace monitoring devices manufactured by the Chinese-owned DJI were left accessible to the public. Now, recently, the Cyber News research team stumbled upon an unprotected database with over 90 million drone monitoring logs generated by DJI devices. They are the largest maker or largest player in the world, for the record, for drones. And so obviously that's a huge thing. There is a drone ID system out there that has been exposed. So <clears throat> if you have a DJI drone, somebody might have gotten that information to see where you're flying that thing. Obviously not cool. And finally, and we have a couple finalies, actually three finalies, I believe, for you today. The first one we're going to be talking about is the country of Iran. And the reason being is that several hacktivist groups have been using Telegram and other tools to aid anti-government protests protests in Iran to bypass regime censorship restrictions amid ongoing unrest after the death of Masa Amini in basically when she was in custody by the police. I've talked about that on my radio show and in podcast video form as well. I think everybody knows the story by now. Quote, key activities are data leaking and selling, including officials, phone numbers and emails and maps of sensitive locations. That is according to Israeli cybersecurity firm Checkpoint that has been monitoring and researching this. Now, <coughs> Checkpoint said that it also witnessed 
the sharing of proxies and open VPN servers to get around censorship and reports on the internet status of the country, with one group helping the anti-government demonstrators access social media sites. Chief among them is Telegram Channel, is a Telegram channel called Official Atlas Intelligence Group, or AIG, that's primarily focused on publishing data associated with the government um, and their officials, as well as maps of prominent locations in Iran as well. Calling itself a cyber army, the group is said to have, have commenced operations in May and also advertised a wide range of services in the past, such as data leaks, DDoS attacks, and remote access to organizations. They've also known to voluntarily hunt and dox pedophiles as well, which I'm assuming nobody is complaining about. So basically the dissidents in Iran right now that are risking life and limb to uh, essentially go against the the theocratic government there are getting some assists from around the globe. Quite frankly, I think the vast majority of the planet wishes them well. Moving on, let's talk about major U.S. airport websites. And this is interesting because I don't think it really affected much. Nevertheless, I want to talk about this as one of my finalists because a pro-Russian hacking group claimed credit for cyber attacks hitting more than a dozen U.S. airport websites this past Monday morning, according to multiple outlets, temporarily rendering parts of the sites inaccessible to the public, though the hacking did not result in any operational disruptions, meaning there were no delays in flights because an airport's website went down. Now, responsibility for the attack was basically the hacking group Killnet, which has uh, basically promoted Kremlin viewpoints and previously engaged in cyber attacks, targeting Western nations, but whose ties to the Russian government are unknown. That's according to CNN. Now, the airports targeted included Atlanta's Hartfield Jackson, one of the largest in the world, New York's LaGuardia, um, Chicago O'Hare, as well as LAX in Los Angeles, were also appeared to be affected, according to multiple outlets. Now, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, or CISA, Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, said that Monday that it was monitoring the situation, but there were no more concerns about airport operations. In a post on Telegram, The group also claimed to hit airports in Idaho, Michigan, Hawaii, Massachusetts, and other states. Killnet also claimed responsibility last week for disrupting state government websites in Colorado, Kentucky, and Mississippi, as well as other states as well. And the interesting part about this one is I think... Who goes to an airport website? I can think the only time I've probably been to an airport website is if I've never been to the airport before, I'm just looking up. Do they have like a, an Admirals Club or a United Club or something like that where I can sit and work as I'm waiting for my flight because I do that quite a bit and I, I travel a lot, as you probably know. But other than that, I have zero reason to go to the website that would not prevent me if O'Hare Chicago O'Hare which is my main airport like their website goes down I would never know it it would not affect my day now if American goes down or United goes down or Delta goes down or the airport itself is knocked out that's a huge problem because now you're talking about total stoppage of air traffic and then we're all screwed so there you go if an O'Hare or a Hartfield Jackson goes out it screws up basically the entire nation because these these airports are hubs huge thing I don't know what an airport in Idaho would necessarily do beyond local local or regional traffic, but but man, uh, an O'Hare, an LAX, a Hartfield-Jackson, those are huge airports. And so if their websites go down, it really doesn't affect anything. But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the airports themselves continue to stay up and they are so far. And finally, we have to talk once again about Wi-Fi drones. And this one is actually a really interesting revolution in hacking technique. Now, basically the attackers have a new attack vector that they've been toying with over the last couple of years, and that is drone penetration kits. Now, drones have become more capable in the last several years, making them a viable option for covertly placing intrusion equipment near a network. (laughs) Just basically, uh, it was originally a theoretical field for research, but now these things are being found in the wild. This week, interestingly enough, the Register 
reported on a drone attack that happened over the summer. The compromised private investment firm kept this quiet, but agreed to speak basically off the record, meaning we don't know who this company was, but this is nuts. Here's, here's what happened. And it's, both impressive and terrifying at the same time. Network administrators discovered that their company's internal confluence page was exhibiting strange behavior within their local area network, meaning in their office building. Confluence, if you didn't know, is a web-based remote collaboration software that's developed by Atlassian. Now, while investigating this incident, security personnel discovered two drones on the roof of their building. One was a, quote, modified DJI, DJI Matrice 600, and the other one was a modified DJI Phantom. Now, the Matrix or Matrice had actually crashed, but was still operational, and the Phantom had landed safely. Now, the Matrice was outfitted with a penetration or pen testing kit <laughs> consisting of a Raspberry Pi, a GDP mini laptop, a 4, uh, 4G modem, a Wi-Fi device, and several batteries. The Phantom carried basically all of this there um, up to the roof, and here we are. Now, security researcher Greg Linares, who spoke to uh, basically to the firm's IT team, said that these threat actors used the Phantom a few days before um, basically the attack to intercept an employee's credentials and Wi-Fi, meaning they knew the Wi-Fi password going in because they were able to capture that uh, pr preliminarily using a drone. They obviously then did their homework. They coded everything into the stolen information and the penetration equipment and then launched them out. Now, the Matrix drone compromised the company's confluence page from the roof by using the employee's Mac or machine access code, uh, excuse me, address code, <laughs> address and access credentials. They then poked around the confluence logs attempting to steal more logins to connect to another internal devices, but they had limited success, according to the report. Now, the admins knew the network was under attack when they noticed the compromised employee's MAC address was logged in locally, but also from his home several miles away. The security team isolated the Wi-Fi signal and then used a fluke tester and then basically located these things on the roof. Linares also said that a third drone-based cyber attack um, he has seen in the last uh, two years, this is the third drone-based attack he's seen, but uh, obviously this attack vector still needs some work. The only reason this one had success basically was that the company was on a temporary network that wasn't fully secure. So they literally flew basically these drones with mini laptops Wi-Fi equipment and a 4G modem so they could communicate back, uh, you know, essentially on this network, landed on top of the building, hacked into the network using stolen credentials, and were able to gain access to that. That is pretty impressive. Now, obviously, that also means it's a local attack. So if it was sitting here in Chicago, nobody's launching a drone from Moscow. You know, they're going to be in the area. But that said, drone ranges are very impressive these days. And from what I understand, they can go miles and miles um, away from, you know, their base, the person that is controlling them. So this is obviously a very huge thing. They could be in a three-mile radius for all we know. So it's a very interesting technique. We're going to see what that goes. This was an absolutely crazy uh, breaches of the week. We're about 30 minutes into this video slash podcast slash radio uh, broadcast. So there you go. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks all.